Ooh, I burst through the, the boundaries of my audio right there. Don't worry, we'll cut it out in post. So I was sautéing asparagus. And then your house burned down. <laughs> but he was still able to save his microphone. Welcome one yes. and all. Micros, or excuse me, Eric's microphone was saved, and that means that Game of Thrones is coming at you yet again this week. Are we okay, Ooh, guys? We're, we're okay. You guys you guys are okay. You were nowhere near the, the gas that was emanating from my stove. Unlit. Unlit gas. It's really, you got to be careful with that. But, uh, yeah, you do. We're doing good. It's been a few days since the uh, premiere of season four of Game of Thrones. Yes, and uh, everybody came down off their uh, natural Game of Thrones high. I haven't. We, we were able at the end of the last episode to really kind of join Arya and the Hound, right, and get on our high horses. Holy See what I did there? Both and, of them. Uh, mm. you know, high ponies. We're, we're, we're riding high into uh, episode two. I think there's a lot of anticipation for this episode, noting – Specifically, that it was written by George R. R. Martin. Yes, and we know the importance of those types of episodes. The, mm-hmm. These are the episodes that, if you're a fan, just of the TV series, these are the ones that you want to pay very close attention to, uh, mm-hmm. because it means that something big is going to happen. You know, this is what I mean by that is there's very few times I think in the course of the series where you're able to get a large collection of characters. In one single place, uh, aside from a battlefield. Right. Um, mm. But uh, we do have the royal wedding. We know it just by the name of the upcoming episode. Um, and, you know, the description says that there's a brunch, right, or a lunch or a breakfast. I forget exactly what it says, um, but it alludes to some sort of meal. But I think we're all smart enough. We saw some previews. Um, this is a big event uh, in the course of the series that also has the initials RW, uh, but hopefully will not have the same same type of event take place. You know, I was I was going to ask, speaking of that, doesn't this have a color in the books? It does. It does. Yes. I've heard it whispered. Is that like a spoiler or? No. Uh, well, maybe. I don't think so. I can I can say no to all the book readers listening right now. Now, I, I wonder I wonder why. Well, <laughs> there, there's ways to um, really analyze that post. Well, we need to analyze that afterwards, Eric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, let's talk okay. about that. that now. You'll be well. I'm, I'm trying to think of like the house, the house colors of the Tyrells. Yeah, it really threw me off too. I had to have it explained to me, even after I saw the episode. Oh, if that makes any sense? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just knowing that book three, yeah, you know, a storm of swords contained two uh, must be memorable weddings. Three. Uh, in, oh, three yep. being Sansa and Tyrion, of course. The other yeah, one. I don't know if that one was as it's kind of like the sleeper. It's kind of like the sleeper way. It was. It was yeah, it's, cool. It's the not so memorable of the three. Yeah, of I the three. It fondly. Of the three, it's still a still a big deal. And now my watch begins. That was awesome. Right now, I am browsing a post recently put up on Winners Coming. It is some new pictures from season four, episode two, "The Lion and the Rose." Just so happens to be the episode we're talking about, and it opens up with a delightful picture of Marjorie kissing what looks to be her groom, right, standing up in the, in the <laughs> brightly lit groom. sun. Yeah. No, she's actually at Madame Tussauds, and uh, they they've just unveiled the They're Joffrey just practicing. wax figurine. Um, yeah, it makes him look more. Uh, it makes him look more desirable to to to, to have her be kissing him there. Well, so. do you see all of these? Do you see the one that's a few down where Joffrey's actually getting the mouthful? Yes. Yeah, he like, went in for the kill there. Yeah, we've heard. I was going to say doing... Jack Gleason is is one lucky man right there. Oh, oh, in that indeed. scene. Um, but uh, yeah, that is that is definitely some mouth. And I wonder if people will be as rude this time around at this wedding, being like, "No wedding is complete without a bedding," and they carry them off. 
the bedding ceremony seems to be this huge part. They did it at Tyrion's wedding. They did it at the Red Wedding. Um, well, they tried to be... do it at Tyrion's wedding. Right, Tyrion right, was right. having none of it. Do you think that maybe the picture below it, the uh, whole Stannis and Davos scene, they have something to do with that betting ceremony? Maybe I they think, come out with their torches do. and pitchforks. <laughs> They're yes, watching. Yes. They're Grab like, your torch oh. and pitchforks. Like tiki torches. <laughs> uh, Stannis's contribution to the the whole wedding. No, they're yeah. back on the beach, guys. What the hell is this? They're back on the beach. There's flames. This reminds me of when they burned the gods. Is Gendry? Gedry got away though. Selyse is in the photo though. So. Yes, she is. I was going to say, yeah. are they sacrificing Gendry? But we know Gendry got away. Can Gendry we just talk away. about Stannis's look in this photograph? I mean, does that not make you love Stannis Baratheon a little bit more? He looks like he smells something bad. There were some people online that said that he is the human equivalent of Grumpy Cat after that photo. Oh. Like their faces look exactly the same. He is. People though, are I... people are really taking this <laughs> places. <laughs> but to your point though, perhaps he's looking at the scene on on like a feed. From King's Landing, and he's watching Joffrey yeah. kiss Marjorie. And yes, a live feed. That's they don't his have reaction. cell phones. They don't even have the internet. That's how the Lord of White Light works, man. If you sacrifice a, yeah, something like it thirty leeches of King's oh, the blood, flames. then you get a, a get a live feed. Yeah, of That's whatever crazy. you're choosing. That's yeah. crazy. The Lord of Light is like the original like live streaming. Oh man, he's like the the CBS or the CNN or the NBC. He's Al Gore. Basically, oh, core. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Tariel down down low with some arrows. Uh, Very nice. That is Tariel. Who the hell is that, really? It is a person from the show. See, this is one of the new cast members that we have not yet been introduced to. Am I correct, or is it somebody else with better hair? It could just be a photo. The episode's not out yet. Micah could probably tell us something, but he we've, probably we've won't. Got a girl I'm not with going to. Arrows. Just look at her arm. Uh, right there's there. an X on it. <gasps> mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That is that is the Bolton. Sigil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen it woven into clothing in quite that way. This tie dye X marks the spot. This Bolton girl gives me hope for the Bolton family. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. So I'm just gonna go right down to Jamie Lannister, looking like he's standing outside, thinking about the sun being too bright. And then there's also Varys and Tyrion, which I think means that we're gonna have finally another conversation between these two masterminds. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, and I think the best photo. Aside from the Joffrey and Marjorie photos, which really only benefit Jack Gleason at the end of the day, uh, is between (laughs) Tyrion and Jaime, that last shot there. Finally, these two interact with each other for the first time ever. But can I be honest with you? It looks like Tyrion pissed on the floor. Oh, (laughs) I actually see that. There was a rat there a moment ago. That's a, a lot of rat pee. A, a cat or a dog. Maybe a rat was slain right oh. there before Tyrion. Maybe he stepped on him to get up on the chair. I what are you talking about? It's good that these two are able to sit down and talk. We know it's been weeks. We assume this isn't the first conversation that they had. That's kind of my whole thing. I know we were talking about this on Monday's episode, but I really wish they would have picked up right like that, like minutes after the season ended. Well, it's been more than weeks. I mean, well, weeks since Jamie has arrived, but... We haven't seen any interaction between Tyrion and Jamie at all since he's been back. So this right, will be Right, but like you know the scene with he and Cersei was cut short. We know where they are thanks to the, the premiere where their relationship is at. Um it wasn't in a very good place, but Tyrion and Jamie, I would have liked to have seen Tyrion's first reaction, you know, upon Jamie's return. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's Absolutely. so true. That would have been so awesome. I know. You would have been wow. like, "Bro, <laughs> I hope that that's at least written about. I'm just going to hope. Yeah. The priest in that photo between Joffrey and Marjorie. What do you think his he's thinking right <laughs> then and there? Like, oh, what is yes, the character thinking? And then what is the actor thinking? Actor's thinking, yeah, uh, buddy. I hope this isn't the last take. Uh, character is thinking, I hope this is the last take. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe he's thinking, where does she get a dress that cool? Because his uh, robes are, are kind of ruffly, um, <laughs> but they're not as cool as they're not as cool as hers. I just look at this photo down at the bottom, though, and I think about the possibilities of these two getting back together and putting their brains back together. Oh, the Lannister boys, man, they have a brain trust. If they have like a, it's, oh man, that just seeing them t- together on any topic is like season one shit. You know, right? Yeah, no, it's exciting. I think that we all have so much to look forward to coming up on Sunday, and it's it's just like the the is it weird that it feels like the the ebb and flow, the sort of leftover, like you were saying, the buzz from this episode doesn't quite feel like it's dissipated yet. This first one, like I feel like the excitement for what is about to happen, which is a George R. R. Martin written episode in the fourth season of Game of Thrones, that's about to happen on Sunday night, and I just feel like we don't quite have the level of excitement high enough to match no, it, what is happening. I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to see this episode i'm ready to talk about it more so than anything else because i think there's going to be a lot to talk about and it's it's you as you mentioned it's the first of many episodes this season that are of this caliber and of this level of importance and we've heard a lot of the actors talk about it in the uh the off season right or in the build-up to to this season that right we're going to get a lot of episode nines and this is the first one, and it's going to be one of those where you want to have a camera on people to see what their reactions are. Obviously, it's showing a lot of promise. I'm just going to go ahead and go to our first tweet. We promised to revisit some of these that you guys oh, yes. have been sending us throughout the week, and I'm reading specifically at the top of our list of Mr. Kevin Bloomfield, who I think paints a really great perspective on just the excitement that we're about to face. He says, HBO gets the inner episode own. I guess that's the own between episodes for renewing Thrones for two more seasons. Yes. So if you guys listening don't quite know that, Eric's excitement is only for one reason. Well, I guess that's what happens when you have a show or particularly an episode that is the most watched since the season finale of the Sopranos. They yeah, say, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe now, you know, not just one episode more, or season more. We're going to go two seasons. And two. Uh, that's exactly what happened. I mean, this show just continues to deliver, I think, and is so unlike anything that at least I've ever seen on television. And it sounds weird to say that, but when you think about it, you look at the scale and the scope of the show and the fact that it so consistently delivers a quality product each week. And it's only 10 episodes. Like You don't get, like you do with other drama series, what's the normal number of, 21 of shows? 21 or 20, yeah, 21 to 24. You get 10 solid hours, and I'm being generous there, of of really amazing content and really amazing enjoyment. And it's awesome. Furthermore, you get the idea that, and, and based on some of these ratings and the viewers that is listed in the press release, um, you get the sense that more people are watching than ever, and, and not just more people for like the 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 premiere because it's a big episode, but more people in general are right. watching this show, are learning about the show. People are you know having people tell them you need to watch this, and they're slowly getting in. And the, you know this culture of watching over the internet in the off season and the, the home video and everything, it's just, it seems to be paying off because for instance, uh, this premiere was, uh, watched by 52% more people. It means if you take everybody who saw last season's premiere, um, and split them in half, that's how many extra people watched this season's premiere in addition to the same people that had watched it last time. So it's absolutely crazy. Like more people are, have caught up on and are into the show. And the crazy thing is that this this show is not the most approachable series, not to mention that it's it's Game of Thrones and I don't even need to go into what that means all of you listening. 
know what that means. But I'm talking about a show that this past week opened up to 6.64 million people watching on a paid cable network that added up to like 8.4 later that night after they showed it again. And then you're not even counting the countless, countless people that are pirating the series from around the world, which HBO has been really nice about, like not tracking and not giving people lawsuits and stuff. They see it as encouragement of discussion around their program that they put so much time into expertly crafting. So I think it's cool because I feel like the show is sort of ushering in the next level of what we'll see in the quality of television. I think there's a lot of programs that are going to be on its coattails when it comes to doing this. And I think we all kind of know Potter should have, would have, could have, hopefully maybe one day will be captured like this where they right. treat it like a book first and, and go on in sequence and things like that. So just knowing that the numbers have backed everything up and knowing that it was such a good performance and that HBO is so confident in just how much it is loved around the world that we're getting two seasons renewed right now. So we pretty much know right now, that there's definitely going to be two more seasons of Game of Owns looking at the episodes. So that's awesome. That's done with. It's not getting canceled and it's not going anywhere. Oh, gosh. Two more seasons. And I'm thinking, like, what book are they going to be on at the end of those seasons, you know? <laughs> we'll still be waiting for the Winds of Winter. <laughs> well, that's that's the problem, of course, is with the book. Um, I was going to say, though, like, since they're doing two ahead, do you think that's do you think that's all they intend to do? Do you think they intend to like finish the narrative in 20 more episodes? I think what might happen is we'll see a final episode get renewed and it might be cool to see let's say by by miracle chance wins comes out later this year as a surprise like it's announced probably around 7th or 8th episode of the series just to give right. it another bump just before the end. Oh, and wow. let's say wins comes out and let's say the final book comes out just during the final season and like they split it in half so we're able to read the end of the book and we're waiting until that last half of the last season sort of like they did breaking bad to see the ending we've already read be put epically on screen that's kind of how it's looking like to me and that's if george can get the books done that quickly so there's obviously huge debates on this that we've had all over winners coming and a lot of you guys have a lot of ideas and I don't think that that's a studied opinion. I just think that right now it sounds good. I, I think it definitely can go beyond six seasons, and I know that Benioff and Weiss have spoken about it. They they see what like seven or eight, possibly yeah. no more than eight, though, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I already see happening though is, um, you know, there was a a chapter recently released for the Winds of Winter. I won't say who it was uh, about, but uh, it was released by George R. R. Martin and. The scene that takes place uh, in this chapter was very, very similar to a scene that took place in uh, the season premiere. So uh, I, I was very um, struck by that, and, and I immediately thought that already you have things that are that, that clearly Benioff and Weiss are, are aware of that they're taking and they're integrating into the the show even now, and and that's from you know really three books ahead of of where this is. I think it's important, though, because they have such a great opportunity to do something with the product, and in this case, products, the book and the TV show being separate, to do something that the media has not had a chance to do before. They could have done something like this with Potter because it's a similar thing with the story that's already written. So you can kind of go into it confidently like they have this show, knowing that they're doing these things early on in season one, two, three, four that are going to pay off later. So they like – the stuff with Lamy that happened beforehand that we just got to pay off on, it's like they were confident enough to put that into season two and, and not to think twice. And that's a big advantage. So I feel like that advantage is translating so much into Thrones and just the goodness of the story and the goodness of how well it's adapted to screen has helped make it so popular. So we're here at this place. It's so popular. What do we do now? 
the guy that's writing the books, he's going to work on the show with us. Great. That's an extra level of inclusion. Wonderful. What's right. next? What else can we do that's cool? Well, we could, in the future, really start lapping around the press with how the book is handled and how the show is handled. I mean, nothing like this has ever happened before. Like, we've got a private network that's working within Time Warner, which is HBO, because it's owned by Time Warner, but HBO is HBO, whatever, that has a really cool opportunity to do something really cool with the show and a book like no one's ever been able to do before. So I kind of feel like we're just sitting back at this point watching the, the popcorn and watching the fireworks happen. And like this Sunday night, we're about to be treated to just another step forward in that process that they're hopefully planning. Yep. Yes, we will. Sorry. No, no, I, I think you made all really great points. And you know, speaking of David and Dan... Uh, we had John Brothers tweet to us, and uh, he said, Owner of the Week goes to D&D, Dungeons and & Dragons, or <laughs> Dan and Dave, I guess, uh, yeah. for Both. creating a cold open. And I'm guessing he's referring to the scene with Tywin and Ice. There you go. Uh, and he says, I hope there'll be a, quote, stone cold close as well. <laughs> oh. So John getting a little ahead of things here. He's looking making all things the way here. to the season finale, hoping for a stone cold. Is that like a, a stunner? Austin That's what I was thinking. Are we supposed to like I'm gonna ignore the obvious implications because I don't want to get into spoiler territory. Can we just right now like theorize cool helmets maybe that Stone Cold would wear into battle if you were in Game of Thrones? <laughs> I feel like you'd have to have a pickup truck on it. <laughs> or like a really big well, his can horse of beer. could have like like the the bridge plate that protects his nose is just like a hand with the middle finger and the middle finger goes up between his eyes and connects to the top of the helmet. I think that must be it. That'd be so menacing. <laughs> you know, you talked about uh, Stone Cold and what his his helm right would look like as yes. he makes his way into battle. I want to know, uh, and this this might be uh, quite the task, but what would Lady Olena's helmet look like? Should she ever enter battle? Well, she's the Queen of Thorns, right? It would be. A bunch of thorns. So Sorry, she, it would be she would have like money. a spiked helmet. Yeah, she's always fun to watch uh, in these episodes because she always has these great one-liners, and there, there, there's always something behind what she's saying. There's always, uh, you know, she's always on her toes, and she's yes. not afraid to kind of go at it with characters that you would otherwise think maybe not so smart to talk back to them. But she has no problem with Tywin. She has no problem with Varys. She gives Tyrion. Um, or at least she did in season three, quite the speech. Uh, so I just, I really enjoy watching her. Lady Elena is the perfect guest, I guess. She's just, um, soaking up the hospitality. You know, she's the mother of the bride, um, you know, in town to plan the wedding, but it just seems like she's really enjoying her placement at King's Landing. And we know that she doesn't set much in store by the men of her family who are watching over Highgarden currently. Um, but she just, she's, she's a good time, uh, lady, you know, who's, who's, who's there to kind she's of, a good time. she's <laughs> the opposite of, uh, Oberyn. She's not there to stir shit. You know, she's there to, to wed her family, um, to the Kings. And, and, and so it's, it's a little bit different, but now that we have two guests in King's Landing, and I'm sure we have many more than that, but, you know, contrasting Lady Olena's good spirit with, uh, the Red Viper's poor spirit, uh, will be an interesting thing to go. But, I mean, this is all change anyway, because once they're married um, next episode, 
uh, Lady Elena may stay or she may have to go back to Highgarden. Well, I hope she doesn't leave. And I think that these people who tweeted us, a Kelly Mealhouse and Johannes Meyer, who both say, oh, in the episode, go to Lady Elena for throwing out the expensive Lannister jewelry like garbage. Hashtag never settle. Hashtag queen of owns. Never heard that one before. Wow, queen of owns. Yeah, those were uh, those were blood diamonds. You know, people died for those those that, that necklace that she just threw carelessly into the bush. She did just kind of toss it off the wall, huh? A little haphazardly. Yeah. There are probably people from like Flea Bottom or somebody who could live, you know, for a year off of. Oh, for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Years. Their whole lives, man. Well, I'm thinking about Sir Duncan, like, being worried about a little gold being shaved off his coins back during the hedge night. And she just takes a necklace and tosses it off the wall. Yeah. It's it's a class thing. (laughs) I mean, it it was funny. She definitely made her point to Marjorie, though, which was her goal. Uh, Ruby's not quite cool enough looking. (laughs) First world problems. Hashtag. Right. But uh, And then, uh, as you mentioned, Zach, uh, Johannes Meyer uh, says, my own... Uh, goes to the Queen of Thorns for throwing the necklace in her dialogue with uh, Brienne as well, where she said, aren't you just marvelous? See, she's like breaking the character fourth walls with us. She's yeah. saying things to Tywin that maybe we want to say. Maybe the maybe she's saying things to Tyrion we want to say. Mm-hmm. And in this case, she's definitely saying things to Brienne that we would like to say, which yeah, is, aren't you right. just marvelous? That is really uh, sharp. It's a great observation. I think that's an acute observation. I would agree with that. She's, she's kind of the viewer's... Um, vessel the viewer's vessel into the show yeah we also had uh on facebook and i hope i say this person's name correctly uh sneha how do you mean she says the lion and the rose is sure to be one of my favorite episodes of all time i can't wait to see the septa baylor and lady olena's sass I, I initially read that as ass. <laughs> ass. I'm going to be Lady honest Olenna's with you. Ass. What is going to happen at this wedding? <laughs> <laughs> if Lady Olena is showing ass, what could this, get this is going to be the best wedding in a long happens. time. <laughs> the thing is, you really couldn't put it past the showrunners. Like... Oh, my gosh. Well, that's something to think about, even though it's not what you wrote. Thank you for your comment. Well, no. That's going to that's gonna bother me for a little while yet. <laughs> It'll be all right. She does like those prunes. Okay. A warrior's drink. You know, I, we had a comment here uh, over Twitter, and I, I don't believe we mentioned it, but th- this is one of those good things that uh, Friday episodes are good for um, because they they allow us to kind of, in between episodes, mention some of the things that maybe have fallen through the wayside. Um, Nathan Jones uh, wrote in and said, those that have read, uh, meaning I guess at this point Micah, you didn't mention it in the review episode, but at the end of season four, episode one, doesn't go like that in the book. I assume he's talking about Arya getting Needleback. Happens a little differently? Well, Care to comment? I can comment, but I, I'm not quite sure that I follow exactly what um, Nathan is, is getting at here. Uh, though I can definitely speculate, but I'm not going to. Right. I, it's it's so hard. See, you know, especially people who are listening, um, you know, maybe listening to us for the first time or the first couple of times here as we get into the season. You know, one of the difficult things about being one of the sullied uh, hosts of the show is you have to be very careful as to what you say because you don't want to give away too much information. And while Nathan is is pointing out something here that is that you know kind of jogged my memory a little bit if if I'm thinking through it um you know the only thing I can really respond by saying is perhaps the uh you know the the show is looking to take that in a in a different direction at least for the time being mm. the, the specifics I can't really state you know it it's, yeah. it's that would 
give away too much to the people who have not read the books. This the, the scene that took place though with Arya and the Hound. What happens there? Even though they they do kill Polliver uh, in the books, there's some other actions that take place uh, that have obvious effects throughout the course of the rest of a storm of swords. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to say it because I'm not sure how the show is looking to adapt if they're even looking to adapt uh what sort of the falling action from uh what happened at the end of of this particular episode in the books obviously See, that so, that that interests me i mean you know when we talk about this when we even the unsullied disaster how'd i do I mean, is that all right i think <laughs> it's fine. fine um but when we get messages like this that say oh it wasn't that way in the book what interests me most is the the big big plot points like if aria for some reason wasn't successful in getting you know uh needle back or if that sort of thing doesn't even occur until no she book does five that's um, that's consistent with the book i'll i'll tell you that right now she so does like, get needle back so there you yeah, go okay that, that, that's needle. kind of what interests me like if she normally wasn't supposed to have needle for another two books like i'd be like okay why are they giving that to her now you know like that's crazy um but interesting to hear that uh, Polliver or somebody in that room somehow played a larger role in the, the greater book. So that's that's a little interesting to hear. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of season left. We'll probably see some kind of resolution regarding your point there, Mr. Nathan Jones. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Can I transition directly to Gary Manis' tweet who says Joff's statue depicting his victory over the Starks is absurdly large and could be <laughs> melted down to make two new statues. Hashtag fuck the game. <laughs> This is exactly – people take note. Listeners take note. This is exactly the kind of tweet we enjoy reading. Yeah. Um, something else can be melted down to make two new ones. Okay, great. And another formidable own from Mr. Simon Edmondson on Twitter. He says, John got to own one who betrayed his father, he says, and now you are here. This is talking about John O'Slint being at the wall now. He's bragging uh, about, I used to lead the city watch, he says, and now you are here. You must not have been very good at your job. Snark, snark. Snark from the Stark. Mm -hmm. Stark, snark. Yep. Stark, snark. <laughs> Gotta love it. Important that they decided to reintroduce Slint uh, this season. You know, they that could have just been a character they cut out altogether. We know that Tyrion mm. sends him on his way, packing to the wall all the way back in season two. Uh, For what yet, he did to Ned. Well, yes. I mean, that that's something, obviously, to kind of keep in the back of your mind because – you know, John, while he's gone through a whole lot over the course of the last few seasons that we've been with him, I think that's something that he will keep in the back of his mind uh, and remember just exactly who Janos Slint is and what his decision led to uh, ultimately for Ned. We got another tweet here from Kevin Lazander who says, I'm certain I missed the deadline. You didn't, sir. But Steer gets my own. Just seeing him and his men enter that scene, I got Goosebumps, or as I like to call, goose flesh. Goose flesh, yes. Goose yeah, flesh. some goose stir, flesh. Stir is the the then or then. Right? <laughs> the then, no, the, yeah, the thens. then leader. He was yeah. the now and then leader. Yeah, played by Joseph Gat. I guess we didn't really get introduced to him by name properly just yet. But right. they I'm are some formidable steer, people. Steer or stir, stir, steer, stir, stir. Thinking about him makes me stir in my sleep at night. I can't sleep well. He likes to. uh Eat people, apparently. Uh, he's cannibalistic. Yeah, it's available free food, man. Can't blame the guys. We yeah. got a whole lot of soldiers and troops to feed. <laughs> people freeze to death all the time up there. You know, I was thinking, like, there's an interesting comment uh, in the rewatch of season three I was watching when they, they roast one of their brothers up at Crouch's Keep. The, I'm talking about the crows. 
um, I think it was Pip or one of the guys says, man, probably I, really Dolores. Didn't, I didn't expect him to, to, to smell so good. <laughs> Never knew he could smell so good. You're talking about their brother burning as part of the funeral, right? Oh, that's right. Um, you know, and, and that's just kind of the, the, it's the darker side of humanity. It's the darker side of life that and it's a, it obviously for, for obvious reasons, it's a, um, a, a really careful subject. You have to be very careful about, uh, having that in books and having that in, in TV because you don't want people to get ideas and start killing each other for the food. Um, but it just yes, because I'm very... sure that's exactly what would happen. Well, you know, <laughs> we can't talk about it on the TV. podcast, Eric, because our listeners might start eating each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't you can't give away that it tastes good. You really you can't do that. That's the secret Da Vinci hid in all of his paintings. Yeah, people. exactly, exactly. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But I have to agree here with Kevin. I think that uh, his entrance right was just you could tell that this was a bad dude and. This is a the scars on his people. face. What mm-hmm. gave it away? Really? No, just this. He he walked in with this. I don't want to call it swagger, but it was just like oh, he yeah. had this bounce in his step. He was kind of swaying oh, yeah. from side to side, and, and he's a tall right. dude. He's, <laughs> he's a little bit a little bit touched in the head, like he's demented, you know. And it's and the music that was there was just oh yes, it really added to it. Like this guy is going to be some trouble for the night's watch. The, just the, all of the capturing of anything with the wildlings and the thens so far this season has just been brilliant. And uh, I'm really excited for everyone to see the continuation of these scenes and what happens with these people moving forward. Because you were just talking about the music. It gets better. The way it's filmed, it gets better. The stuff they do, it gets better. Like, it's really exciting. And I think that these people, they're bad, but they're still entertaining to watch. Yeah, they they definitely are. And uh, speaking of those who are entertaining to watch... Braun is by far, um, to me, in, in in the top three most entertaining to watch. And you know, there was that scene with him in the season premiere uh, with Tyrion and with I'm completely blanking on his name right now. Podrick <laughs> and Podrick. Timothy Mulligan tweeted at us and saying follow up own for episode one goes to the introduction of my favorite house name, which of course was done by Podrick. The Manwoodies of Kingsgrave. <laughs> and he King's... notes especially Dickin Manwoody takes it. Dickin Manwoody. <laughs> I mean, they're... can we just give applause to yeah, we have names to. from George R. R. Martin? Yes. George Small. was absolutely, you know, it reminds me really quick. When I ride um, the train each morning into the city, there's this big sign up as Can't I approach the city. <laughs> that, no, no, it says, it says Cassell and Framuth. And I just think, was George like riding the Long Island Railroad one day and he was going by this (laughs) sign and he just decided – because, you know, he's from Jersey. He might have been. And and so he said, oh, Cassell and Frey, those are are two great names for my my series. But anyway, uh, enough enough of that. We did – we did want to uh, shift gears a little bit here going from Twitter to Facebook because we did ask – listeners to scroll upon our wall. We read one earlier, but we wanted to go through a couple more here since you were so gracious enough to take your time to write out your thoughts, both on last week's episode and on the one coming up on Sunday. And we do appreciate uh, all the the owns as well as the comments we got here. Uh, The first one is from uh, Gael or Gile Kokinos, um, who says, as far as owns go, the hound all the way, quote, Needle, of course you named your sword. <laughs> a lot of people name their sword. And he says a lot of cunts <laughs> name their sword. Uh-huh. Um, so that was that was harsh. That was harsh. He, he likes the C word, Mr. Mr. Hound there. 
Um, then of course, uh, <laughs> the Duggernaut. The Duggernaut. That should be the Duggernaut, bitch. Said, and that's an X Men Last Stand reference. I'm not just calling you a bitch, okay? Yes, sorry. it is. Uh, he's like, I'm the Juggernaut. Charles. The Duggernaut says, my own went to Jamie for saying no when Tywin uh, told him to go to Casterly Rock. It was a straight no, no whining, debating, or fear, just. No. Yeah, and then uh, Andrew Huffnagel responded to the Duggernaut and said, agreed, and he just walks away grinning. Jamie's the only Lannister <laughs> kid to walk away from Tywin in good spirits. Oh. Yeah, there's, there's power there. All right, well, I'm going to read the last one from Facebook today, even though there's much more. And obviously, there are other episodes for you guys to get your submissions out for, so don't forget to do that as well. This is from Sonya Fishpower, and she what? says... I think I spotted a giant yellow cake in the trailer. A giant big-ass cake about to be cut by the giant ass hat king. I'm looking forward to all the crazy food at the reception and all the other expenses they didn't spare. So I think we can use our last comment here to look forward to this opulent and exceptional royal wedding that we should be expecting. We know that meals in this show are like meals at Hogwarts. They're like everything you could ever imagine. Pretty much, yeah. In all fairness, we did get another – message or note there from stephanie flores who referred to it as food porn (laughs) so not only will you get the normal porn that you get in your weekly dose of game of thrones but you're gonna get some food porn as well you know what food porn uh torture porn i think is the other thing that uh, they say this show has sometimes but uh torture porn stephanie actually stephanie actually uh does say in the book that it is said it is known that there are 77 courses Oh at, the, my at this royal that's wedding. That's a lot and of that, food. I don't feel like that's too big of a spoiler. Uh, Is it like tapas? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think it's like 77 courses. Like you don't – it's it's not like little pieces of okay. meat and cheese and <laughs> oh some, a little oh, bit of pasta here. Size. It's just enough. <laughs> um, I need 77 of these to fill me. Exactly. But that's impressive. That is impressive indeed. And uh, speaking of impressive, the response that we've got just in general for this first episode back to season four has been amazing. We want to acquaint you with the information on how to get a hold of us uh, here at Game of Owns. On Twitter, you can find us at twitter.com slash Game of Owns. On Facebook, you can scrawl upon our wall the way that uh, some of you, including Stephanie, did. Facebook.com slash Game of Owns. And then you can always email us. We'll be reading some emails from you possibly on next Friday's episode. That email address is contact at GameofOwns.com. And uh, another way you can give us your feedback is on iTunes. It is the place where uh, you can rate and review this show. It is also the month of April, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We do have a couple of new reviews here that uh, go through very, very quickly. One is from Vance TRS, or Vancetra, as I like to call him or her. He uh, or she says, I appreciate this podcast because they pay attention to the audience. We just did a whole show (laughs) uh, interacting with our listeners, so how appropriate. Yes, they are conversing, but they don't get so cozy that the listener is left out. Great place to participate in this shared experience of Game of Thrones that allows you to savor it by listening to others who enjoy it. So thank you. We, thank uh, you. Appreciate thank you that. very much. Title, Conversation with the Community. So mm. as I said, applies to the episode that we just did. 
And uh, finally here from MP Sia, who, Sia. Uh, whose Sia. title is You Know Nothing. Mm. And uh, they say, if you know nothing but want to know something, then you need <laughs> to subscribe and listen to this podcast. Yes. Congrats to HBO for a fourth and glorious new season, but an even bigger and more deserving congratulations to this podcast for bringing fans, (laughs) camels, bears, and listeners together for yet another fun, informative, and inclusive season of Game of Owns. Give a listen and you won't be sorry, what with their witty, playful, yet at times serious discussions about this great series, record the episodes, then sit back with a flagon of Dornish Red and just listen and enjoy. Well, that was a very gracious review, Eric. I don't know how to follow that up exactly. Do you? Uh, we can. With a we wedding. Can only fo- we can only follow it up with our episode two recap following the episode immediately. <laughs> what you may not know about us people listening at home, we limit our personal relationship time when we're recording the show and just wait till we're hanging out in person. So this is the third person appropriation of how we talk to each other. We're here with you listening, and the next episode is only a few days away. Are you guys excited? Can you feel the energy? I feel the love. So do we Do we have to dress for a wedding on, on Sunday? I think so. I think yeah, we should. It's only appropriate. Dress to the nines. We'll be here, and we expect you all to be dressed your best, okay? That's Eric. That's Zach. And I'm Micah. Somehow I'm the one who always says <laughs> always my own name. So, well, 